Ahem. I can't be showing my stormtrooper helmet on your broke ass shit. Welcome back to the Watchlist with Patty and Bill. You can always check out your back episodes of the Watchlist with Patty and Bill by logging on to the Watchlist Pod. You can engage with us on your social media at symbol the Watchlist Pod. And please make sure you click on that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. Righteous. All right. There we go. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight, tight. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool. And please welcome back David. Hey, David. Hello, Hello. everyone. Hello. Oh, my Hello. God. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Of course. So I, I, I only started watching one thing since our last show. I watched one movie and I finished off the Korean drama, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. All right. It was really good. And what was funny was, you know, Dwight would come in and out, in and out. He would ask me what's going on. I'd try to explain it. He didn't care. (laughs) And every time he'd come in the room, people were crying on the screen. There was always somebody crying. Yeah. So I was sitting down. Somebody's crying on the screen. He has brought me uh, euros to eat. So I got my euro in my hand. And he sits down in the other chair. And he's like, everybody's always crying on this show. Why aren't aren't you crying? And I'm like, no, I'm not (laughs) crying. My my euro. So you're angry crying into a euro sandwich? I wasn't angry crying. I was like, no, I'm not crying at all. This isn't sad in any way. It was very funny. (laughs) And then we laughed and laughed. And I'm laughing and crying and trying to eat my euro and (laughs) not choke on it. First of all, that sounds delicious. Mm. It was very good. Yeah, crying and eating is always a funny combination. It's very hard. <laughs> so, you know, like crying, eating, and laughing. <laughs> I don't want this French fry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's okay to not be okay. Is I really, really liked it. It was really good. Okay. It's definitely kind of soap opera-ish. But because it's from Korea, it's not entirely soap opera-y like American soap operas mm-hmm. are. But it's got that kind of that stuff going on in it that, you know, usually happens. All right. So it's okay to not be okay is okay. It's really good. And it's on Netflix. Excellent. And we mentioned it before nice. when I had only seen a couple of episodes. Now I've seen the whole thing and I love it. So there are only two things that I just want to briefly mention. Mm-hmm. So you've heard me talk about the show Rake before. Yes. Uh, with Richard Roxborough. Mm-hmm. Most American audiences know Richard Roxborough as the bad guy henchman from Mission Impossible 2. And he stars in this Australian comedy about a lawyer whose life is fucked up. Um, but... It's got four seasons under its belt or four series under its belt. And we started the fourth series and God damn it. Did that show go off the rails? Uh Uh-oh. None of the, I mean, almost all of the original characters are gone. So the chemistry that made that show good, have its heart, 
just thrown out of the window. And then all of a sudden, this disbarred lawyer becomes a senator in parliament in Australia. Okay, but gone are the characters of his ex-wife, his son, a couple of his lovers, blah, blah, blah. In other words, it is a season you can completely skip. Mm. Right, love, love the first three seasons. Highly endorse the first three seasons. After that, you can peace out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I started, we started watching Dark. Ooh. Ooh. It, I heard it, good things. Yes. It, you know, that show is a cross between Stranger Things and, um, oh, what was the other show that, I, uh, Twin Peaks. Mm. And and some other shit. It's good. That's what I that's, hear. It's good. That's the German show with the cave. Yes. Okay. It is yes. The German I've seen show all with of the cave. that. Yes, that's really good. I've seen all of that actually. Oh wow! And we only got like first episode deep. The sound and David and I were talking about this about um, another show, but the sound is really choice. So if you have surround sound, it helps mm. to create that mood. Mm. Uh-huh. It's good though. First episode down, really good. Nice. I also watched Unorthodox finally. So, what did you think of Unorthodox? I really liked it. I could not stop watching it. I thought yeah. the wedding scene in that was beautifully done. That was really well done. Yeah, it's it's really good and a very interesting look at at Hasidic life. Yeah, I googled some like. The reason why she couldn't leave the building with the bag in her hand, I tried to look up what that that is because I wanted to just know more about it. And I found this guy's blog or it might have been an online news article or opinion piece. I'm not entirely sure what the point, what his where that that website was. But the he's a he is an Orthodox Hasidic Jew. Mm hmm. And he was talking about how they've like they've taken the woman's book that this was based on and they've like, I don't know, made it more skewed to like skewed towards the the looky loo type non-Jewish people, kind of like the way we look at um, the Rumspringa on TV. Okay. And how we, we just, you know, we don't understand the whole Amish culture and any of that stuff and how we've sensationalized some of their traditions. Mm-hmm. And that was his, his feeling was this is like, it's so fake. It's like a $3 bill. Oh, okay. That was the headline of his uh, piece. And I tried to, I read some of it and I was like, wow, dude, dude's angry about this. So. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 meant to be entertainment. It's meant to be, you know, it's. I don't think it was trying to be true to her story because uh, certain things that he mentioned just wouldn't. It wouldn't be entertaining to watch from her book. Like what really happened in her book, just it. Nobody would want that. Would be boring. So okay. they spruced it up to make it more interesting, which is what Hollywood always does. Yes, it, particularly. Yeah, especially with the concert at the end. That was sort of yeah her audition. And, yeah, mm-hmm. the audition part for her to get into this place is that's a very Hollywoody kind of ending to it. Exactly. But overall, pretty good. 
Yeah, overall, I can see why it got nominated for Emmys. Yeah. So, David, what did yeah. you watch? What have, what have you been watching? Uh, we've been, Riss and I, my girlfriend and I, are kind of in the middle of two shows. Um, one show I'm watching a solo, and I did catch a documentary and a movie. So I got some mood lighting. I'm going to change it depending on which show I start with first. So the boys, we finally caught up. Let's go. Let's go pink with that one. Um, yeah, you did. We this show brought, brought to you by Philips Hue. <laughs> <laughs> we just finished, literally just finished uh, episode three, and um, we're recording on a Thursday night. Uh, so when this episode releases, the the fourth episode would have already dropped. But interesting enough, if you go on Amazon right now, the fourth episode actually dropped at like nine o'clock. As oh, opposed wow. to yeah, they dropped it early again, which was really nice. But unfortunately, we didn't have time to watch the fourth one. But really digging it so far. Um, just, I never knew you could have such dis. And as a, as Bill and I are big comic book fans, have such disdain for a character as like Homelander. Oh, um, oh my that, god, he's that's such a dick. That actor is brilliant. He's yes, amazing. he is. Yes, the sign sign of a good actor is if I look at you and look at interviews after I watch the show and I still get an uneasy feeling like, I don't really <laughs> like this guy. I don't trust what he's saying. Yeah. That's, yes. a sign you're doing, that's a sign you're doing a very, very good job. Yeah. As um, we have said on this show many times, if I yeah. hate you, you're doing awesome. Correct. That's right. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Patty, Bill and I were talking about it and, you know, kind of getting a little geeky here, but for some reason, I don't know what it is with this show, but this is the best sounding show where I don't feel like my girlfriend and I have to kind of crank up the volume in order just to hear vocals. Like everything is kind of on an even level. So I don't yeah. feel like the ambient sounds are kind of like overriding the vocals and we're like, what, 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 what did he say? Or we have to rewind it. I, whoever does the sound engineering for that show, hats off to you because I finally don't feel like I have to turn it up all the way just to get some good vocals. Um, it sounds really good. It looks really good. Um, I don't know. This season, it's really stepped up, like the performances overall. Um, I like where the series is going. Um, yeah, it's just a solid, like, very rarely do you get those shows that have a really good first season and then kind of like, you know, don't know where the second season is going, like Heroes, for example. So, I really, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I really like this. Like is Maisel. This is Maisel is that one for me. I was so like, many examples. Two, I was like, nah. yeah. Of of shows just you know jumping the shark so early, but this show I know it just feels like they have a, a goal and an end to this finish line. I love the weekly drops. Um, I know yeah. at one point I know Amber's, um fans were review bombing the show because of the fact that it wasn't released all at once. Oh. And I'm like, you guys have no idea like what it was back then in the middle of watching Lost and you had to wait a whole freaking seven days just to get clarification. Like, right. <laughs> cry me a river. Like you, yeah, <laughs> you well. guys have been spoiled. <laughs> and isn't that right? Not to mention it's good business. Exactly. Yeah. Just because, you know, we don't live in our parents' basements and have an endless supply of Cheetos <laughs> and fucking Red Bull that we can stay up 24 hours and complete a whole series. Yeah. 
Agreed. So all of you go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and the waiting gives everybody time to talk about what they've it, seen exactly. this week. Exactly. Yeah. And you're, I'm not like I've seen everything, and I don't want to give anything away, yeah. so I can't talk about it until you catch up where I am. Yeah. Right. Like, right. You know, when everybody's on the same page, we've all seen the same number of episodes. Exactly. Now we can discuss it and be like, oh, what did you think of that thing? And, oh, that girl's a bitch. I hate her. Yeah. You know, that's that's the fun of it. Like for me, that was always the fun of that's why as, you know, as badly as Lost ended, it's still one of if not my favorite show of all time, because I had such I had such fun between seasons one and three and four of theorizing with my friends in high school, going to the blogs, going to the different uh, websites that the creators made, like it made it fun. That that was the fun of the show. That 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 gave it an elevated elevated sense of like, wow, this is a great community. When like the last season of Stranger Things, I want to say that's the last thing my girlfriend and I binged. Afterwards, we were just like, man, I would have liked to have broke that up. Like I would have liked to have been week to week because I feel like it would have it would have been better. Because we wait months, almost sometimes a year for this stuff to come out. And then you just inhale those episodes. And you're like, oh, fuck. Now i got to wait a whole other year. Yeah, exactly. And now yeah. what? So I like I yeah, yeah. the slow burn. Um, uh, I have a theory on the show. There's no spoilers. I haven't read the graphic novels. So um, I have a theory. I don't know if I could share it, depending on our viewers watching it, if they've caught up to episode three. So I'll All put right, a spo- hang on. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, I feel like the son, Homelander's son, will be the key down the line. I don't know when, and I don't know how, but I feel like, I think, Bill, you mentioned this on the last podcast, they've set him up as such a great villain. They've yet to really set up someone who's his equal or someone who can yeah. take him out. Yeah. I feel yeah. like, I feel like that's the son. Some and it and it has to be. Yeah. You know, like what can kill yeah. Superman? Exactly. And, yep. You, you know, and it's either Kryptonite or another Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. So and and if they were all created using this V, and this kid is the son, and they've altered their genetics and all that other sort of stuff, yeah. one of these days that son might pop out with. I'm going to fuck you up, dad, because you, you, mm-hmm. you, and the only way they could do that again, spoiler alert is by, by screwing with the mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's literally what we've been watching. I, I, I'm loving where it's going. Um, the other show that we've, we're kind of a little, we started, but um, we're not even halfway done, which is doom patrol. Um, yes. Fantastic I started that too. show. Mm-hmm. Fantastic show. Bill, you would absolutely love it. Imagine okay. the only way I could describe it is imagine Guardians with the handcuffs taken off. If, Mar- if Marvel said, hey, J- basically what James is doing with Suicide Squad, which is, hey, we love your vision. We love what you do. We're going to take the handcuffs off you, whatever you want to do creatively. That's what we do. So they have great, great. Uh, music and throwback music on the show. The use of it is great. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser is just, I mean, <gasps> oh my God. It almost makes you upset that they've blackballed him for so long because he's so good. He's just yeah. so good. Uh, totally. and we're, all, 
we're only to episode four right now, but it's it's balls to the wall and it's not afraid to let you know, hey, this is a this is a crazy ass show and we know that the premise is crazy, but just come with mm-hmm. us anyway. And yeah. as a viewer, you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. like if this if is you, very fun, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. Yes, if you can tell me that something is going to be silly right off the bat. If you can, if you can forewarn me and break the fourth wall and says, yeah, this is really stupid. I know that it's stupid. You know that it's stupid, but you're still going to watch anyway, aren't you? And you go, yeah, of course. Now I have to know what happens. But great portrayals of these. I love superhero. I love where the direction of superhero stuff is going now, where it's getting to the meat, getting more meat on those characters. It's no longer just a two-dimensional good guy, bad guy. It's the shades of gray. These questions we've probably asked ourselves. What if Superman was a dick? You know, things of that nature. I love that that direction of that's where superhero shows are going. Showing you another side of this. Mm. Like, what if bad people got superpowers, but they were portrayed as superheroes? Or what if they were reluctant to even become superheroes? I love the direction of those things. So Doom Patrol, it's, it's a little bit, we're taking our time with it because they're an hour a piece. Um, and there's 15 episodes in that first season, I want to say. Maybe a little bit more. I think season two is only eight. So okay. it's like we're kind of working. It's a lot to ask an audience on the first go around. Hey, devote 15 hours, 16 hours right off the bat. So we're kind of taking our time with that one. Um, and the other show that I just started uh on stars called P Valley. Now, I've started that one myself. I've heard really great reviews on it. Another podcast I listen to, they talk about it endlessly. Um, now, <laughs> it's not for everybody. I will say that right off the bat. Uh, it's based on a play and it's centered in this small town in Mississippi. And it's centered around a strip club uh, hey. ran, ran by an eccentric owner called Uncle Clifford. Who's great. Um, But it basically just details uh, the kind of the story of this strip club. It's humorous, but it gives you a story. You're kind of giving a little morsel of the main character. You know, she has a mysterious past. You get glimpses of it in flashbacks here and there. But I'm on episode four. I think there's only eight. Um, They just got renewed for season two you still don't know exactly what's happening. You're kind of piecing it together. Um, but you kind of relate to these characters as crazy and as off the wall as they are, they pull you in. Um, as I mentioned, Uncle Clifford, who is the owner of the strip club, who is, he is a man, but presents and talks as is as if he's a woman and he cares for these strippers and he's the owner, but he's like this mother hen almost. He's like harsh on them and he's also loving at the same time. And like, it just, there's an appeal to these characters. Like there's just this tangible thing. It's very well written. I will say it's kind of hard to understand at times because the dialect is from Mrs. Like the deep parts of Mississippi. So there's a lot of like Southern slang that I'm like, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) So I need more context to it. Um, and of course it's, it is a bit graphic on the graphic side, obviously with the subject matter. So kind of have to go in knowing, and they let you know, like 10 minutes into the show, this is what it's going to be. But if you could put that aside, it is 
really starting to get into the meat of the plot, um, but it's really solid so far. And it's a diverse cast. There's four episodes in. I've only seen only two characters who weren't uh, persons of color. Just two. Wow. Everyone else is black, and it's predominantly black black cast written by a black screenwriter, and I think she wrote the play as well. Um, so it's centered on it, but it's 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 great thus far. Um, just if you're all right with some graphic displays and some trap music and strip club shenanigans, once you get past that, you'll be okay. Um, What's it called again? Pea Valley. And uh, where is it? That is on Stars currently. Stars just okay. got just just got renewed for a second season. Um, first season only consists of eight episodes. Um, but I'm noticing a lot of this same thing with Doom Patrol and even The Boys. There's no longer 45 minute runtimes on these shows now. They're they're pushing the full hour now. Oh um, yeah, they are. I, I'm All starting right. to notice that now. Um, so I finished that. Would highly recommend. Um, and I saw Midsummer, which I know I'm probably super late to the. I am late to that too. I have yet to watch that. One. Yeah, super late to the party. But my goodness, um, I I can't recall a horror movie, and I don't even want to call it a horror movie that takes place in daylight, where you feel that amount of anxiety. And that feeling of, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? And tension building. And the ending, which is, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. The only thing I will say is you will have a feeling of happiness and you won't know why. And if a movie can make me emote and make me feel something when my brain is like, you shouldn't be feeling this way. Mm. Kudos to you, writer, director, for for giving for making me question why I would feel this way. Um, visually, it's stunning. Again, there's so much tension building. Um, oh my goodness, it escapes Florence. How do you pronounce her name? Plu, Pla, Florence, Florence Plu. Plu. Wow, we're so sorry. So we're mispronouncing your name. I don't know. L O U D H. Her portrayal <laughs> of a person undergoing PTSD trauma, um, anxiety is so spot on for anyone who's ever gone through it to, Mm. when you feel like you have to run away and escape just to cry and let out emotions or you're hyperventilating. We've seen it on film before, but it feels, it just feels so real. Mm. Um, so a definite, I would definitely recommend to anyone who's like, I don't know what to watch. And you, especially around this time, spooky season is coming around the corner. It's perfect for it. But again, the use of daylight, I love the juxtaposition of a horror movie taking place during the day. Where did you find this? I believe, where did I find it? I believe it was on my buddy's Plex server. He had it on there. Oh. So I was able to get it that way. But I I believe if you go, it's on Amazon Prime. I just saw it. um, Oh, okay. On Amazon Prime. So it's already readily available there. Um, Great. and just one other thing, Doom Patrol is on HBO Apple. Max. HBO Max, right? Because uh, DC, the DC streaming subscription, I believe, has officially come over to HBO. Because at one point they were confused as to whether or not they would. Yeah. Now it's all over HBO Max. Yeah. And can I get that app on my Roku? 
HBO Max? You should. Um, I think. I believe HBO Max. The issue was if you were ordering your HBO, like paying for it through Amazon or Roku, Max was not yet available. Mm. Which is why I canceled my HBO subscription through Amazon and went directly to HBO Max and got the app on my TV. Yeah. Because I was uh, like, same price, doesn't matter who I pay. Either exactly. way, HBO is getting the money. Mm-hmm. Screw right. you, Amazon, because you're not playing nice. I'm going directly to HBO. Yeah. But I okay. had HBO. Oh, my goodness. Uh, go or now? Yeah. HBO that's my, now, um, I had. Which was the standalone, correct? HBO Now? I can't remember which one was standalone. I, think HBO, I had whichever was the standalone. I yeah. think the standalone was Go because I, the implication was you could take it anywhere, whereas okay. Now was the on-demand version of HBO. Yeah, like okay. you had HBO through your cable subscriber. Right. And Now would let you watch whatever yeah. Now. Right. Yeah. I was pretty much okay. grandfathered in. Same thing as you, Patty. They were like, the, the day that HBO Max launched – they got rid of HBO Now or Go, and it just automatically transferred into HBO Max. Oh, so see, that, that's not how it worked for me. I was subscribing to HBO Go through Amazon. Okay. And because I watched it on my Fire Stick, I couldn't log into the HBO Max app that came that I could get on my TV. Okay. Because I had it through Amazon. So I had to cancel Amazon, sign up for HBO, had to use a whole different email address, too. Mm. And now I got my HBO Max on my TV and I'm paying HBO directly. Mm. I know you guys covered this on, on previous episodes. As you could tell, I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan. Uh, <laughs> you guys keep me sane on those long uh, rides doing delivery. So kudos right. and thanks. Oh, to thanks. Me. Well, um, we appreciate that. Of course. Um, we're just getting back to cable, right? We're not, <laughs> we're not reinventing the wheel here. Yeah, we're like we're eventually going to reach that place again where we're just like there's going to come some other conglomerate's going to come and we're like we can give you everything for this price, and we're going to yeah. be like yeah, and then somebody's going to be like that's called cable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what well, we had before, and and we've talked about this too because it it and I hate to say this and I'm not trying to segment our audience. If you are over the age of 65 and don't know how to operate your TV, I'm not trying to offend you, but it's confusing as shit mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's on what platform and how to get there with devices. And we've talked about this on the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to get to this place of, wait, what studio put out Avengers again? All right. So that was Marvel. Marvel's owned by Disney. So it's got to be Disney plus, mm. you know, if you, a lot of people don't think that way yeah. because a lot of people yeah. don't give a shit who put out a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to have to simplify at some point. I think people are just gathering their toys in the sandbox mm. and saying, this is mine. DC is mine over here. And, and all of Disney is saying, well, this is mine over here. Oh, and by the way, we have Fox now too. So fuck you. And <laughs> you <know. laughs> Wow. It's wow. He's, he's right. That's how they're viewing it. I know. Like, I know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's and then you got Peacock, who won't play nice with Samsung, so fuck you, uh, Peacock. Peacock sucks. Anyway. Um, but what I have noticed, though, is that Disney Plus has put on a, some more Fox content. Yes, they yeah. have. 
Yep. I haven't looked. Because they have to compete with the HBO Maxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's good. Because I'm waiting for the day that they start some, not a, and this is going to sound weird, some adult channel, but some mm-hmm. R-rated channel so that they can throw the diehards on there and they can throw yeah. the predators on there and they can throw the cool shit from the Fox catalog on there. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, kind of the way Disney used to have Touchstone in Hollywood as their releasing arms for R-rated stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. anyhow, I digress. Um, and then I saw a documentary today um, called Look Mom, I Can Fly, uh, which is centered around the uh, rap artist Travis Scott. Um, super, super mm. famous. Um, it's about, I want to say, uh, an hour and a half, maybe. Um, and I have to say, the way it's done, it's very jarring at first because it's it's non-linear. You get glimpses of, it's basically his recording process, the tail end of his last tour, and the release of his last album, Astro World, up until like a little after the Grammys. And it's kind of the story of how the concept of the album came to be and how long he's been wanting to do it. So any of the listeners who happen to be in the Houston area of Texas, there used to be a theme park called Six Flags Astroworld. I believe it closed in like 2005. Well, Travis Scott as a child, that's where he spent a lot of the time with his family. His dad, his mom would take him to that amusement park. And he felt like when they closed it, they took a part of his childhood from him. Mm. So as he became a, a bigger and bigger artist, he knew that this was basically his love letter to the city and basically his love letter to um, his childhood. His his following is a lot of, uh, I would say people probably max out around my age, but a lot of college kids and high school kids who have a lot of angst and don't know how to voice it or get it out. That's the music he makes. That's his, his fan base. And they're very loyal to him. So this was kind of like a love letter to the city. So you kind of get these interwoven narratives of like, here, here he is recording, but there's no like, there's no voice narrating. It's just like, here he is recording. And then we'll flash back to a, a video of him and his brother playing drums when they were kids at the back to the amusement park and then back like to current time. So it's a lot of that up until the release of the album, where then the documentary becomes linear and you get to see his basically the release, how the album blew up, took over the world, and up until the Grammy release, he or the Grammy nomination, right? He he wanted to make a body of work that was timeless and was appreciated. And he finally got the nomination. He lost Best Rap Song. He had just performed, and they kind of honey-dicked him and, like, made him wait. <laughs> Honey dick. They kind of honey dick them. <laughs> I have never heard that. Feel free to use it from growing up. <laughs> they, they, had him, they had him perform, right? Great performance. It was a stripped down acoustic version of one of his songs. Then they had him wait at the tunnel, like underneath the stage. Basically, Ooh. almost like, hey, you're going to win. We just need you to stand here and be ready. Mm-hmm. And right. they gave it to, I think, Cardi B won that year. And the, the oh. I mean, the whole Man, disappointment in this kid's face, like he immediately started walking off. Like 
why did you bring me, have me come out here? Like you could tell he was heartbroken about it. And before his, his, one of his big concerts in Houston at the Toyota center. So it's a big homecoming. Um, he talks with the mayor and he has a very good relationship with the mayor. And he's like, man, I just feel like I'm lost. Like I've worked my ass off for this album. This has been a dream project of mine. And like to get hit twice and not be able to like, I know I got nominated and I'm thankful and the, the, the body of work speaks for itself, but like, I just feel empty, like almost that emptiness. And the, and the mayor was like, listen, I ran three times for mayor. I lost twice and I'm mayor now. And each time was a lesson to get back up on my feet. You didn't lose that night. You didn't. And I'll tell you why you didn't lose. And he brings out the mayor and it turns out that they are going to reopen an amusement park in Houston because of the success of the album, thanks to him. And he gets awarded a key to the city that during his concert. Awesome. So it's like, yeah, you didn't get the Grammy, but ultimately your bigger goal of like, now you've given back to the city and the city has given back to you and you feel like you've accomplished that. You've brought the theme park back and now you get the key to the city. You're like the city's favorite son right now. Like that means more than any Grammy nominee by some 80 year old white dude, whatever mean to your career. Like you've right. done it. Um, the birth of his daughter. There is one great clip after a, he has a tremendous concert at Madison Square Garden. And like any true artist after the show, he is arguing with the stage hands because they're messing up his show. And his whole thing is not about him. It's about the audience. If they paid their good hard earned money to watch me perform, I need my show to be the best thing that they have ever seen in their life. That's so right. You got to write about that. I love seeing that kind of passion from artists where it's not like, yeah, I'm going to show up. I'm going to go on stage, pluck a guitar. Hi, folks. See ya. And then peace out. Like you guys had that bonus episode with the uh, with concerts. Yeah. Uh, yes. And you said Sting was a by the numbers concert kind of thing where you were just like, uh, you can tell his heart wasn't in it. Yeah. Every show Travis Scott is trying to put on and it's a very elaborate show. He has an actual live roller coaster in the middle of the the, the, the audience that wow. he goes on and a Ferris wheel behind him. And he like, Holy crap. he's, he's about cues. I need you when this song hits, I need the camera on me. I don't need it at the side because now you're giving away the magic because everyone can see how it works. I need it focused on me. When we go to this song, I need the lasers to go off. And you guys who are in charge of lasers, if you know another department is not doing what they're supposed to do, you step up. So if pyro isn't working that night, lasers, you step up. And if lasers, if, if you're not on your game, lighting has to, like, I can't be on there directing you guys. Right, you see right. that I always love and appreciate passion from artists when it's not just about getting a check. It's about the experience. It's about the music. So even if you're not a fan of rap and you just love seeing an artist in their element and seeing progression, I would highly recommend. It's only an hour and a half it's called Look, Look Mom, I Can Fly. Um, it's on Netflix right now. If you just search Look Mama okay. or Travis Scott, but right. that's pretty much what I've consumed recently. Well, that's more shit than I've watched. So that's <laughs> There's one movie that I just watched. Um, it's on Netflix. The name is it's hashtag alive. Hashtag alive. 
It's a Korean horror movie about a, a young guy who is trapped in his apartment during this pandemic. Um, almost you very are. close to what's going on right now. However, it's a zombie movie, and it is that's all I can say. It's it's your typical zombie mm-hmm. movie. Typical. Uh, okay, so but Train to Busan raises not your typical, the game. That is not your typical zombie movie. Well, no, this but that's what I'm saying. I'm the bottom to establish a of ladder. the rung. Mm-hmm. Of okay. Typical zombie movie. Ah, okay. All right. That's what I'm saying. It's your typical right. zombie movie. So just you can don't... skip it. You can totally skip the hashtag alive. Everything that happens is everything that always happens in every zombie movie, except, you know, this is the fast moving zombies who know how to use doorknobs. Oh, mm. all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, I will say uh, uh, my girlfriend, Riss, she is a if there were Olympic gold medal for consuming content. There would be no, there would be no way she wouldn't be in Japan right now practicing for the games. She can she finished Supernatural. I'm talking caught up, and that's 15 seasons, close to 14 seasons. She ate it. I don't know how she did it because we have a child. So yeah. yes. <laughs> magic and witchcraft can be the only thing I can think of. But she consumed that so quickly. She's about to finish ER, and it's. My shit. One of my proudest things is her finishing ER because she watched. She's a diehard Grey's Anatomy fan, and to all any listeners who love Grey's Anatomy, I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong. There's some good episodes there, but to me, ER is the bar. And ER was the bar. The for me. Yeah. I'm with you, man. So I kept telling I stopped, her. For, for I stopped watching years. it though. Yeah, as did I. And I kept telling her for years, listen, you have to respect the ancestors and you need to see ER. You got to just start right. it. Just start it. She started it. She got hooked and then she took a break and then she came back to it and she has been hooked. And there's, it's so funny because she will bring up things like, oh my God, they did this in Grays. I was like, I, yeah, but where did they get yeah, it? Yeah, because they copied. Where did they get but it But what about St. Elsewhere? Hmm. That one is was is actually I kind of have a a more heartfelt kind of feelings towards Saint Elsewhere than ER. I uh, totally understandable. Yeah, I know a lot of people who feel the same. I was because that's you know that's the original to me. Yeah, for me ER was my like I was yeah. I shouldn't have been watching ER at not eight or nine years old, <laughs> but right. that's that's just what I did. So yeah. But here's a conversation though. So uh, one question, really quick though. Mm-hmm. I, when did you quit ER? Did you go Ooh. through the end or did like for me when, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this by now, this is, it, it's almost what, 15, 20 years old. So yeah. yeah, tough. it's all right. But when Mark Green's character dies, <sighs> that's when I yeah. stopped watching because for me, the heart was gone. Yeah. Um, and I, when the only main characters left were Noah Wiley and and dude from Coming to America, I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I want to say, oh, I'm sorry, Patty, go ahead. No, I'm trying to think. I don't know that I saw Mark Green die, so I must have quit before then. Mm. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the okay. way, <laughs> it's, I'm not like I'm going to go back and watch it because I quit at oh, that point. You because should. Clearly, I 
whatever point I quit at was like, uh, all right, I'm, I'm over this. This is just getting out of hand I, now. I want to say I quit probably right before at during its run. I want to say probably maybe 2004, 2005, which at yeah. that point it only had like five, four more episodes, four more seasons after that anyway. Um, but my last thing, like my last big thing was, and spoiler alert again, but I feel like this is like saying spoiler alert for like the Kennedy assassination. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. There's been so many years, like you should know this by now. Um, right. Is when Dr. Romano died. It's like the last big thing I remember. Um, Helicopter, right? Yes. He gets, I yeah, don't he gets even a, know who Dr. Romano is. Rocket Romano. He was, think of Dr. Strange, but even more douchebag than Dr. Strange. <laughs> Without the superpowers. Without the but, superpowers. but who played him? Um, he pl- the guy, for, well, if you know the original RoboCop, he was in RoboCop. He gets melted. Um, yeah, he's the he's the melted guy from RoboCop. Okay. You've seen him around. Yes. But the first thing that happens to him is that he gets his arms chopped off. He gets his arm chopped off by a helicopter. In RoboCop? By a helicopter. In ER. No, 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 no. Oh, in ER. Oh, Oh. And see, and see, to oh. me, that that's when you start referring, uh, like, r- relying on stunts mm-hmm. to to keep you, because I think that's when ER was on its way down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, here's a here's a decapitation, and then there was the whole storyline of, well, I'll never be a surgeon again because they have to reattach my shit. Yeah. And then one day, the medical helicopter <laughs> falls on him. Yeah. And it was so weird because he had at that point become the lovable dick, basically. Like, oh, he was a jerk, yeah. but like you knew he had a heart of gold. And then again, when you ha- when you feel like you have to rely on, as Bill said, the and Grace is very guilty of this. It's that's they stick around so long because Shonda knows. Okay, well, we're kind of sludged along here. Who who am I going to kill? Or yeah. What crazy natural disaster or event can I center around this show to keep people yeah. hooked? See, when they get to that point, it's like your show should have ended by now. I agree. I agree. And I mean, and why, I, why is it still going? I agree with that wholeheartedly because two other shows, How to Get Away with Murder and um, Scandal, mm-hmm. did exactly the same thing. And, There's so many shows who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. But when a but and spoiler alert, and this is a more recent spoiler alert. If you if you watch Scandal and you're into it, I'm sorry, but I, I got so pissed off at that show. When the main character who they set up to be the white hat, the white knight, she's gonna go in and fix everything. She is the leader of good no matter what happens. When she murders somebody and she becomes a cutthroat bitch on that show. You betrayed the character. Mm-hmm. You jumped the shark too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not only did you jump the shark, but when but when Fonzie landed, that that character did a complete ninety degree turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I don't recognize this character anymore. And you're supposed to root for her. Yeah, and and the same thing happened with How to Get Away with Murder. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah, that main character would be in fucking jail right now. And all those kids to be mind fucked by her like that? No, I'm out. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's the reliance on sh- on shock and awe, and it, yeah, it's, that's there's no. And me and my my buddies have had these these talks about this. There's no substitution for good writing. You can shock some. You can shock someone. 
you can definitely have those moments of, oh my God, I didn't see that coming and still have fantastic. Breaking Bad is a great example of that. Oh yeah, totally. Where you have twists and turns and you're like, I didn't see that coming, but it's not at the expense of, as Bill said, as a, a characters or story. And Better Call Saul has done that too in a, an amazing way. Yeah. And like, I, this could be why I'm enjoying all these foreign shows because they don't do that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to not be okay. That had about 16 episodes. They're all like an hour and a half. Some are close to two hours long, but they told an entire story beginning to end. I feel like it ended in a great place that I don't need to see anything else. Yeah. Although yeah. I totally want to like hang out with these characters. Cause I really like I really liked the way they did them, mm -hmm. but I don't need to see more because yeah. I've I've seen their story and it's over with. And there's only the one season, I believe. Yeah, and that's all I really need. Yeah, that that's. But oh, go ahead. Bill. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about Supernatural, though. Mm. I love Supernatural. Oh, don't get me wrong. Let me make sure Riss isn't around for this. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. yeah. Make sure that she's not hearing me. I love Supernatural. But that show was originally written and conceived to be five seasons only. And when you watch the season finale of season five, you can tell it was done. But because they were making, oh, uh, buck, buttloads of money? Yes, here, let's back that truck up. Oh, and by the way, we've got one for you too. Let's back this up and let's keep this ball rolling. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, I think they've done okay I think they've done as good a job a show can do that is more than twice outlived its original run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or what was supposed to be. Yeah. But there are other shows like Rake I'm really disappointed in because you know what? If you don't have the writing, if you don't know where to go, and this is why I'm an advocate of this, just end the goddamn show. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Go pursue another idea. Go get another idea on the air. Don't keep yeah. making something that has long been spoiled milk in the refrigerator yeah. that you just don't take out of the refrigerator because you've got yeah. nothing else to put there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like coupling from the BBC, um, there's four seasons, but that fourth season, it can be thrown in the trash and you will never miss it because the, one of the main characters who is just like, he is, he is like the pillar of funny in the middle of that show. He's not on it in season four. They got some useless character that's not even like a, a, a millimeter, whatever smaller than that, close to being what that one character was. Mm. <laughs> like like okay. the, the width of a, a hair close to being what that other character, that other actor did and how well mm. he did it. Yeah, it's like brilliant um, show. I think it's on HBO Max. Yeah, it, it's I, of recent. I know, like Watchmen, for example. I commend uh, on HBO because good. I feel like Damon Lindelof kind of learned his lesson from Lost and applied that to the leftovers. And then with the Watchmen, he's like, "I'm going to give you one perfect season, and that's it." I don't care what the studio wants. I don't care what HBO is clamoring for. Here's my vision. Here's one season. That's all I got. I'm not coming back. I respect that. When you can say, yes. I have a fine, uh, I believe Vince Gill 
Vince Gilligan did that with Breaking Bad. Here's our finite point. Here's mm -hmm. here's our ending. We're not going away from that. We're not swaying from that. This is where I'm going to go. And a show gets it. It gets so much more streamlined that way. That is why shows like American Horror Story worked. Mm. Yeah, you can yeah. you can have the same actors, the same production team, the same writers, but you don't collapse under the weight of one single story stretched out over five different seasons yeah. or six or whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. If you change it up and make it an anthology. Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. So you have American Horror Story, and then you have Coven, and then you have uh, whatever the fuck those the subtitles were. The, the, the circus, yeah. And then, although I jumped off that train a while ago, too, because then I started thinking like, well, all right, whatever. <laughs> but, at, but at least anybody should be able to pick up a random season of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Without necessarily having watched season one or two or three, they can jump into four. Yeah, you don't need to see any of the other seasons to get from one season to the other and understand it, any of it. Yeah. No. And if there's no. an Easter egg in it, who gives a shit? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a reward for people who follow it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not required. Mm. And I would love to see limited series. They're actually doing a limited series with the new Walking Dead show. It's going to be a two-season limited run of The Walking Dead spinoff bullshit, and it begins October 4th, yeah. which is, is great. Is it the one with the kids? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Errol and... Uh, Wait a minute. I, I actually know they're getting a spinoff. Carol. Oh, Daryl and Carol. Daryl oh. and Carol are getting their own spinoff. They're but, finally um, ending next year. Like... Yeah, be split up into basically season, which they've always done season A, season B type of deal. It's yeah. still like the last season, but it's broken up into two parts, and then that's it. They're done finally. Yeah, it's called The Walking Dead World Beyond. Mm. But at least then they are saying this is a two season thing because they know their ratings are in the crapper. Yeah, because well, do we need any more Walking Dead anything? Mm. I feel no. like I don't. I feel like it all needs to just end. Yeah, it does. And we need to move on to something new. Yeah, and I, I I would actually love for that show to have the entirety of that show be a fever dream by Rick, <laughs> and then and then he wakes the fuck up in that hospital, realizing. That he fever dreamed the entire future of his character and, and the people that he loved. And he wakes up and he has to escape the hospital again. It was again. all a dream. But he dies. And poof, there you go. There's the end of The Walking Dead. All right. So the second point that I was going to make was about hospital shows. It is amazing. Ooh. It is absolutely amazing that the two, that the two genres of show that survive cop shows and hospital shows. Yep. So now you have you have shit like the good doctor and I'm tired I'm so tired of just uh, <laughs> I'm tired of seeing I'm tired of seeing the blue-eyed doctor be the savior of fucking everybody. Yeah. Anyhow, but you have things like the good doctor and I'm just going to put all of the Chicago shows over there because they're all spinoffs of each other. They're their own bastard children. <laughs> but but when you have um, what's the other one? It, Transplant, Transplant, and then you've got yeah. all the, you've you've got all these doctor shows, but they always do well. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. All of those shows can go back to Grey's Anatomy, which can go back to ER, which can go back even further. It seems like every generation or so, there is one big phenomenon Mm -hmm. show in the medical world. And, and, And I even remember growing up in the late 70s, was it? Well, Emergency was the medical show mixed in with fire. Yeah, that was like the paramedic people. It was the um, paramedic people, but you also saw the doctor part of it a little bit too. Yeah, then uh, for me, I remember Quincy. Oh, that's right. And Quincy. Then there was, uh, I feel like St. Elsewhere was the next big doctor show. And St. Elsewhere, yeah. or was it ER? I think it was ER started at the same time as Chicago Hope. Did it? That was the one with Mandy yes. Patinkin. Yes, yes, it did. It was two hospital shows, both in Chicago. I love Mandy Patinkin because, you know, Inigo Montoya. Mm. So I yeah. started watching Chicago Hope, but ER took off and would like just left Chicago yeah. Hope in the dust. Yeah, that was so, the VHS to Chicago Hope's beta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, man, duh. So, yeah. But it's amazing how those genre of shows resonate. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and even I, my guilty pleasure show is the show Botched mm. on, on E. Yeah. Is that more of a reality show, though? It is. Okay. But it's still medically based. But right. I was just in my head yes. making sure but it yes. wasn't like a scripted drama. No, it is not a scripted drama, but it is a it is a reality show. And I dig it because they show graphic medical procedures. (laughs) Okay, just because, you know, (laughs) why not during the day as you're eating your breakfast sandwich, (laughs) look at a tummy tuck? Why not? Um, But it, 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 it fascinates me. And then the the next genre that seems to survive the lawyer show. Yeah. Yes, because that kind of ties in with the cop show. Mm-hmm. That's right. You always have, and I hate to use this pun, but it's true, law and order. Uh-huh. To me, that's, that's and the... literally, you have it too. Yeah, that's right. And to me, that's, again, no eight or nine-year-old should be watching Law and Order, but there I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I, to, you know, to me, that those shows, that homicide were great because they were groundbreaking in their approach at the time. Like that's that right. Really, NYPD blue was another, Yeah, one. like it was, you had the case of the week that's now become formulaic, but then it would tie you in because they would pull from actual headlines. And yeah. I'm going to say though, the, 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 the father of all those is Hill Street Blues. Mm. Mm. Because in terms that of one, cop show? Yeah, in terms of that kind, what Law & Order is doing, I feel like Hill Street Blues did that first. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, you're I, right I'm not, about that. Although I'm not entirely sure what cop shows would be before Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Oh, there were, there were tons Hill of cop Street shows. Blues, but... But to where Hill Street Blues maybe took from... But the one that just really just was the beef of it all for me, yeah. Hill Street Blue, what started it in my at, lifetime. At least that trend of following the police officers, following certain police officers in certain episodes. And that grittiness that you get of 
That's so, right. Yeah. And Hill Street Blues was the shit, especially if you lived in Chicago at the time. It was the fucking shit. It was the shit. <laughs> you know, now today when you look at it, you go, man, that's some bullshit. But but it's still yeah. is Hill Street Blues. You mean you're yeah. not a fan of Chicago PD with the guy whose voice sounds like he literally drank a vat of acid and gargled, <laughs> oh, that, oh, that guy. gargled concrete yeah. afterwards as a, as a chaser. Ah, uh, yes. And then ate a meal of nails and, and um, like fucking, I don't know, something else. I, of course. Have, I have to eat a lozenge yeah. after show. watching the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's always fascinating that those genre of shows survive mm-hmm. and thrive yeah you know and then you need niche networks like like your cws your fox and now even all these other pay ones to do your sci-fi your superhero you know all of your weird anim um animation kind of things yeah. you need those kind of offshoot networks to do that yeah. Well, I think those shows, the hospitals drama, the cop drama, the lawyer drama, those shows have a broad appeal across, you know, age groups. The old folks like it. The young folks like it because, you know, it's got the young pretty people in it that they can relate to more or less. But the old people, you know, like it because it's familiar to them. These are the shows they they've known since forever. And I think that's why those while the niche you know, cartoon, uh, not cartoon, the, the superhero stuff, the sci-fi stuff. Not everybody likes those. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, you know, based in reality, according to these weirdos who like this, who don't like it. Yeah. No, yes. I, you're a weirdo I, I, if you don't like, you know, superheroes or sci-fi you or, are, or supernatural kind of stuff yeah. or yeah, whatever supernatural stuff like charmed and you know, well supernatural and charmed <laughs> xena well, no well, but it's the, it's absolutely the, the truth series of, of charmed was a supernatural show yes yeah Chris did give that a try but i think she gave up after several seasons i think the i wish she made it through a few seasons because yeah. i kind of gave up after yeah. i think when she saw the effects of early 2002 CG on TV. She was like, well, I can't see you. (laughs) You can't even do that anymore because it's, it's like watching old episodes of star Trek. I love, I loved star Trek when I was a kid. Oh my God. There was, there was nothing better that. Mm -hmm. And then actual new episodes of Battlestar Galactica. Now, if we were to watch that shit, it, it, it's a show that, as we've mentioned on the show, lives better in your memory. Mm. Rogers. That is one that oh. I never should have tried to watch again. Buck Rogers, Knight Rider, um, just a myriad of other shows that were of their time. Yeah. That, oh, no, go ahead. that were great. Mm-hmm. That were absolutely great, were entertaining. Uh, you know even like stupid Baywatch or, or just other shows like 21 jump street. Even I love 21 jumps to this day. I love 21. Jump I street. do too. It is a great show. Is I it have... realistic? No, no, but who cares? It was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It was entertaining. AF speaking <laughs> of uh real quick kind of segueing here. It's um, I don't know if you guys have saw this. 
we're talking on, on the subject of uh, things that haven't aged well. And you know, a lot of stuff in this culture is being brought up from the past. When th times were different, things were a little bit more acceptable. So I am a diehard wrestling fan. And uh, some of the program I watch is on USA. And USA is basically consisting of uh, wrestling, Todd Chrisley, Law and Order SVU, and Rush yes. Hour. Those that's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But something interesting happened recently. And I saw this online and then I saw it for myself when I was watching a program. Rush Hour was coming on right afterwards. They're actually putting graphics up. USA put up a graphic that said, hey, we all love our 2000s uh, buddy cop comedies. Uh, but keep in mind, a lot of what was acceptable back then is not acceptable now in regards to uh, racial stereotypes, what so forth. So keep that in mind as you're watching. Yes. And I was like, that's the first time I had seen it on an actual cable provider, like giving you a warning. Hey, keep in mind this, as much as we love this stuff, don't look at it through the lens of today. Keep in mind that this stuff was done. This was a completely different time. And I just, I was like, wow, that was the first time I had ever seen that before a movie. Movie theaters, what's that like? You know, I don't know. Recently, Dwight actually went to the movies, though. Really? He what? Did. He went to All the right. theater. Our show is back in progress. What the yeah. fuck do you mean he went to a theater? He went to a theater with his brother. Uh, neither one of them got any concessions and anything. He said, sitting in the theater, you have no idea whether or not the other people are still wearing their mask while they're sitting there. Oh, man. See, that, see that's what's fucked up. Mm -hmm. It's too much anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I'm no longer paying attention to the movie. I'm, I'm people watching the entire yeah. time. Yeah. And you don't want to be the mask police and be like, hey, buddy. You yeah, know. right. Yeah. Well, especially in this age where you don't know if somebody's going to pop you one because you're exactly. asking them about their mask. Right. And that and that's messed up. Mm -hmm. So what so what did he think overall about that experience? Did he did he regret it? Did he? He didn't really get that into it. He saw a tenant. And he was very confused with all the rewinding. And when he was oh. talking about things going backwards, I thought he was still talking about going to the theater. And I'm like, so they made you stand backwards in line while you're at the theater? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, Patty. He explaining things very poorly. <laughs> oh, Patty. <laughs> and, Start know, with memento and then get fucked no, by no, your no. mind from no, no, there. No. <laughs> he, he always explains things very poorly. I'm just going to throw that out there. He is not oh, very good at right. explaining things all right, all right. in a way that makes sense. So, wow, he went yeah. to a theater. That's, yeah, so, yeah. That's been my main, like, I, and Bill knows this, we, all of us here are movie geeks, so whenever Nolan does anything, our ears perk up, our eyes widen, because he's Chris Nolan at the end of the day. Yeah. So, when he's, he was so adamant and so steadfast and stubborn about release, releasing this movie in theaters, only for, I think it only pulled, what, 20 million? 20 million. 20 million domestically, 50 million internationally. Which 
and I think the budget's what easily probably over two, right? Two hundred, e- easily Ooh. over two hundred, not including marketing. Like so, Disney only needed, I think, what was it, four million households or something like that to buy Mulan for them to make a pro. Like it wasn't a crazy number that they needed to hit to make bank. And I understand Nolan is old school and he wants he he wants his movies in the cinema first, but it's like, dude. I I would want to see this movie very badly, but not at not at the expense of others and or myself. Yeah, that's right. How can I enjoy this? I yes, of course. Tom Cruise can go to a fucking movie. He's fifty. He looks twenty, and he's jumping off buildings. Like yes, I think he'll be fine. Whatever he's got going on in Scientology works. Well, he can buy a whole fucking theater and sit there by himself. I mean, seriously. Like, I understand he's also a film dude, but like, at this moment, we do need cinema, but we need cinema the right way. This isn't the right way because everyone wants to be safe at home. Everyone, there's so much going on. We do want content. That's why we have this podcast, you know? That's why you guys do this every week because you guys want to give us context so we can have a little bit of escapism just from everything going on in the world. But we also want to enjoy it safely. Like Patty, yeah. we just got a wonderful new TV and sound bar. I do. Bill has a great system. I have a, and, a good system and, as well. Like, And by the way, I, I actually did not buy that 75-inch TV. I heard on the last uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Because it was crap. And actually, your voice was one of the voices in my head, David. Mm. How can you go from OLED to shit? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's tough. But yeah. you have a good system in place. If he would have released it, you know, PVOD like Bill and Ted, I guarantee you he would absolutely clean up. And there'd be yeah. people who'd be like, yeah, I'll buy this. Why not? <clears throat> like and enjoy it from the comfort of their home. And then I was watching reviews, Jeremy Johns, who's a a famous movie review YouTuber. He said he could barely understand the movie. And he's like, I, I don't want to say it's that, but maybe it was the theater I'm in. But he said he could barely understand what the characters were saying because the he had sound effects overlapping and then music overlapping on top of it. So there are mm-hmm. scenes where they're giving away exposition dialogue and like key clues. And he's like, huh? Yeah, that might have been the theater. And it could have been, but also that's not the first Nolan movie I've been to that's been like that. So again, it's like everyone wants to watch this from the comfort of their own home. And I don't think anyone, even the people I know who went to the theater by themselves and like there's been no one around them, you're still uneasy because it's like, I can't, there's no way to really enjoy it. I didn't even think about the the feeling of, of paranoia. I just thought about it from a disease standpoint. I don't want to be in the same theater with anybody, you know, with COVID. And again, not disparaging people with COVID. Nobody wants COVID. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there are and and nobody should trust me either. I I want to make that point perfectly clear. It's fair point. I want people to call me on my shit if I don't have a mask on, mm-hmm. so that I have the right to say to somebody else, "Why aren't you wearing your mask?" But if there are people that I don't trust, meaning everybody, I'm not going to put myself in that situation because, like you said, you're like Dwight, it, you're worried about if someone's taken their mask off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and you know the air circulation in theaters is you know that's exactly what you want to avoid you don't want to be in an enclosed space with this you know hvac that's going to blow all that stuff right at you that's right you're a petri dish basically at that point Uh, yeah you're sitting in a petri dish i i uh, it's you know there's no one there to check temperatures at the door there's no one asking you you know I would I don't know this and people who are listening could let us know but I don't think there's a questionnaire that they would give you saying hey before you come to the movies have you do you have a fever have you been feeling symptomatic do you know anyone who's been symptomatic and who's going to answer that truthfully yeah like who's going to answer that truthfully to the 16 year old at the door mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah like there's you know? there's way too many what ifs and too many um too many variables. You know, I'm super high risk. I, I'm a diabetic and an asthmatic. The, the, the double whammy. So I I really can't do that. I, I get scared even going into work. So sure. Wanting yeah. to go see a movie as much as I want to. Like at least at no. the mall, it's enclosed, but I've been to the mall several times. But I give everyone credit. Everyone's masked up. Everyone's stores are very strict about how many people are going into the stores. Everyone's six feet apart. It never feels like I'm on top of anybody. That's good. Everyone's kind of following the guidelines, and I'm a, I'm a bit more comfortable with that. I've been out, and I'm seeing people do that. But in a movie theater, the lights are dark, lights are low, and they figure, well, you're watching the screen. You're not going to watch me. And I'm going to have to shove this popcorn weirdly into my mask to then. No one's That's gonna, right. The mask and no have. one's going to do that. They're going to take their mask off yep. to consume whatever concession they have. Yeah. And I have never been more aware of how I sneeze mm. or sniffle or something when my allergies are bothering me. Yeah. We were, we were out with a very small clutch of friends who we all just get together with regularly because we all know we're safe. And one of them sneezed, turned around to everybody else in the outdoor bar area and said, it's not COVID. It's just an allergy. But this is the time we're living in though. Yeah. And that just reinforces the fact that I am so glad that Patty, you invested in a system. David, you have a system at home. I have a system at home that we can do consume at home. Mm. And quite frankly, Mulan, meh, but at least in the in the hour mark I was able to pause it and go to the bathroom, yeah. my clean bathroom, my non-covid bathroom. Yeah. And you know, on my brand new TV, the scenery looked really cool. Which is great. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So wow, he went to oh shit. He went to the theater. That literally makes him the first person I know mm-hmm. who went to the movies and all of this. Yeah, him and his brother went. Yeah. My- so legitimately, people, log on to the watchlistpod.com. Let us know if you know anybody who actually went to the movies. Mm. Was it similar to that? What was that experience like? Because I, I'm dying to know. I, I really am because as much as I love Christopher Nolan, I have to get off that train, man. No movie is worth your life. Yeah. I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. if it's Tenant. And from what I hear about Tenant, it's okay anyway. Yeah. It, it's, you know, the, from the review I watched today, he basically said the first, um, first two acts, it's like, 
oh, it's a pretty solid spy movie, you know, from Nolan. He said it it really goes into that Nolan next gear in that third act that makes you go, wow, this is incredible. So I'm okay. like, okay, I, I, I can dig that, but I still have to invest those for this first two acts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's still time you have to invest to get to that payoff. But and in December, when it's regularly available for digital download, I'm right there. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We are going to need to say goodbye soon, but we didn't even touch on the whole revamping of the DC universe. We didn't even get into the mass singer uh, returning next week. Oh, fuck me. Are you kidding? No, I knew I, I should have brought not. my soundboard. I should have brought <laughs> my soundboard into this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Can't escape it, Bill. God, that just kicked me in the balls. <laughs> oh, my balls. Oh, the mass Singer really next week already? Next week already. Jeez. So... Did they film it with people there in the audience? I don't know. I didn't. I haven't really read up on it other than Sam tagged me in one of their posts on Facebook. And wow. I was like, oh, and I said mentally, I'll get back to that. But then work doing work, blah, blah, avoiding and, work. I didn't. And it's <laughs> and it's interesting because if the Masked Singer is coming back, which is a show that you can do, you just space the judges a little bit further apart. The singers yeah. all are individual anyway. And they're in but, masks. And they're in masks. <laughs> 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 Fucking Masked Singer. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I thought that show was gone. Anyway, um, but as we were recording this, the first NFL game was played today. Mm-hmm in Kansas City, where they actually had a certain percentage of fans in the stadium. Oh, really? And it's, and it's legitimately per city, uh, you know, based on the rules of the city and the state that they're in, that they're either going to allow fans or not allow fans. Yeah. So thinking about things that have allowed fans back in, theaters, ugh, um, the Masked Singer audience, I wonder how they're just doing it. I can I can actually give you some insight into that. Um, one of the newer wrestling upstart companies, um, AEW, which is on TNT, per, usually on Wednesdays, but with the playoffs, it gets preempted a lot now to different days of the week. So it's pr- pretty much on Wednesdays. So what they were doing, the same thing that WWE was doing, which was empty arena shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE has what they call a performance center, which is where they train a lot of their developmental talent. They own that or they lease that area in Florida. So for a while there, that's where they were pretty much doing all of their taping. Then they started using the trainees at the facility to stand in as audience members because with wrestling, the core aspect of wrestling is the audience. When you don't have it, you take away so much of the essence of it. It's performance. You need an audience to feed off that for performance. So AEW, the owner of the company, basically they own the Jacksonville Jaguars, the pretty much the money guy behind the company. 
Um, initially, they have what's called Daly's Place, which is an outdoor venue located, I want to say, right next to the stadium for the Jacksonville Jaguars, TIAA Field. There's an outdoor venue for concerts. They've used that venue before. They were using that for the same thing, and they had basically losing their talent roster as fans, extras. They just now recently started bringing people back in. And the way they do it, that everything's on the upper level, so no one's on the same level as the talent. And they do it basically by pods. So if you buy a group of tickets for you and your friends, you're in this area, but you won't see another person or be near another person for the whole six feet, and even then some. Everyone has to wear masks. There are security guards that go around the entire stadium and will kick you out if you're not wearing a mask and you're not eating. So if you just have it down, they will ask you to, but after a certain time, they will just kick you out altogether if you're not complying with the rules. There's no cash. Um, Everything's done with Apple Pay or credit card when it comes to like merchandise or food. Right. Um, and they've had success. There've been no reported cases. You have to take a temperature check just to get into the building as well. Um, but there've been no reported cases and they've been pretty much, you know, thankfully been able to do it properly and having audiences back does help a little bit, but you don't get the feeling like, Oh my, it's not like everyone's all clustered or all together. It's very spaced out. But it's nice. It's nice to look and see audience members and people having fun again. But they're doing it safely. So I have seen some examples of that. Uh, WWE, what they do is this: they have they introduce what's called the Thunderdome. I don't know if you guys have seen commercials for that. But it's basically they've rented out the Amway Center in Orlando until October. And they've created basically like this huge, like 1,100 LED screens with audience members from home. So basically you can, you get an invite and basically your face gets to be put there almost like an audience, kind of like what the NBA is doing. And they cycle between fans that way. Um, It's a little bit of a delay, obviously, because you're dealing with connection issues. So, and the fans see it and it's on a delay. So it's not quite the same, but it's still nice to have something there. It feels somewhat normal so little by little we're getting back there i'm curious to see how football will be um but yeah it's just it's it's kind of bizarre seeing it again but i guess it's a new normal you know well until we get a a honest to good and this is probably where we should wrap up the show <laughs> but until <laughs> patty's like fuck yeah, yeah i gotta edit this shit <laughs> but until we actually get a scientifically, I, I'm not a political, mm-hmm. but a scientifically working vaccine that is actually validated by many, many, many scientists around the world, I ain't stepping foot near a theater and I avoid what I can avoid. Yeah. Yep. Because as much as I don't trust people, I honestly don't want them to trust me either. Yeah. I take my temperature every day to make myself feel better. 
and to know at least as I'm stepping out of the house that I'm good. But what I like, and, and this goes for the airport as well, I go through security screening gladly because at least if I'm going through it, every other fucker on my plane has to go through it as well. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it. So, wow, Dwight went to a movie theater. That's mm-hmm. blowing my mind apart. <laughs> anyway, David, it is so good to talk to you, man. It was a, it was a pleasure, guys. Thank you again for having this me. This is awesome. You will come back. Yes, we have yes. to discuss, as I'm wearing a Batman shirt, we have to discuss DC and the resurgence. But You know what? Yes, because I'm excited about the shit that they're doing. But anyway, everybody, thank you for listening to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Click on that Contact Us button. Let us know. Do you know people who went back to a movie theater as my voice goes up? (laughs) What did they think? And you can also make sure you engage with us on your social media at symbol, the watchlist pod. I'm pretty pleased with sugar on top. Make sure you click on that subscribe button wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave a five-star review, please. Yes, please, please leave a five-star review. (laughs) Do it, do it, do it. And wow. Any (laughs) hoosie. This is, this is, I, my mind is blown. I'm I'm done right now. All I want to do is go bathe in in like antiseptic right now, just thinking about a movie theater. Curl up on the couch and watch Die Hard because it's just not Die Hard is comfortable. <laughs> oh, Die Hard is so comfortable right now. And my pillow is the Empire Strikes Back. There it is. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Please mask up, be safe. And everybody, we will talk to you later. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.